0: To another episode of Younger by the Minute. I'm your host, Jamie Spizer. and I'm here with my lovely co-host,
1: Jennifer Spizer.
0: And today we're going to hit part two of All That Glitters Isn't Gold, right. and we're going to highlight and talk about what to look for when um, hiring an, inj- an injector or basic aesthetics.
1: Yes. So basically, like the last episode, we talked about what to watch out for when you're looking for a personal trainer or a nutritionist in you know, just the red flags and the warning signs and what questions to ask and just kind of educating everybody on how how different it is with when it comes to credentialing, you know, just because someone has a certain, you know, letter behind their name doesn't mean that they're equipped for the job or just because they have a really fancy social media account doesn't mean that they necessarily are the best fit for you. So really what we need to do and really wanted to educate everybody on how to interview that person. And so now we're going to segue into the world of aesthetics and it's very similar to personal training and nutrition where the consumer really doesn't know what to look for or how to look they just know that they want a certain result and unfortunately in this world sometimes what you see isn't always what you get for example just because someone has the right credentialing meaning that they're a nurse or an md or an np or pa doesn't mean that they really have a thorough understanding of aesthetics And that's an issue that's in the industry overall, you know, because just because you have the right credentialing means that you can buy the material and you could take a weekend course and then advertise that you're able to do these procedures. And unfortunately, in the medical world, unless you're in plastics or dermatology, and even then, you know, injectable fillers and neurotoxin isn't really a big course, um, you just have to be careful.
0: Right. And on... In the personal training world, we talk about the fact that just because you have the credential, it doesn't mean that the person can get the client to understand their knowledge and get the results. So what I, from my experience and what I've seen, you know, I kind of look as like an injector. Um, they kind of have that, that eye, you know, they, yeah. they, they have an artistic eye, which separates them again, just because you have the degrees and you and have the courses and stuff like that. To me, what really starts to separate people is that artistic eye. You know, I've made the example before that, you know, you can go get a tattoo and you can get a really, really good tattoo. You can get a decent tattoo or you can just get a really crappy tattoo. You know, they they go to the school for the same thing. Um, Some of the guys or women have some of the same amount of time in doing tattoos. But it's that artistic eye, that attention to the detail that I think really will separate the tattoo artist, but I also think separates the injector.
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, like when we talk about when we're in leadership, when it comes to hiring people, you can't, there's an old saying, you can't make people happy and you can't make people motivated. Those are two things that are either within you and something that you can pull out or they're just not. The other thing is, is you can't always teach an aesthetic eye. An aesthetic eye can be developed over time, but I also truly think it is a God-given talent and something that, you know, not everybody has. There are are amazing healthcare professionals in the world, but not all of them are great at aesthetics. And then, you know, just on the flip side, not everybody that's good at aesthetics should be delivering babies or should be, you know, performing neurosurgery or whatever. It really needs to be something that calls to you and that you really can develop with it because it's a very different side of Healthcare, and it's it's actually very challenging a lot of people think it's very glamorous and they really want to jump on it especially now since post-covid right everybody wants to become an aesthetic provider because it seems glamorous and it is a lot of work it's it's a lot different than going you don't have a chronic string of patients it's a lot of self marketing it's a lot of self-education it's a lot of that
0: i would say like when you talk about it's a lot of work i think it's i think the, the word to put to that would be it's a lot of work There's a lot of dedication to educating yourself and getting knowledge from a lot of different areas. And one thing that, you know, I'll kind of brag about our practice and about you is, is, you know, when when a new and someone who wants to get into injecting um, usually would get trained by the same uh, injector Mm -hmm. for that company. So, you know, if you go to get 20 different injectors, but they all get trained by the same injector trainer that's working for that company then they're all going to learn the exact same technique from that injector trainer. So Mm -hmm. the one thing I know we did with you is we flew in some of the top injectors around and you learned multiple different techniques and you've extended that by going out and getting education. You've done cadaver courses and stuff like that to to further your education. But again, that's a big difference between someone who takes a, a four hour or eight hour course on a Friday or a Saturday and then is let loose to just go injecting and they think they, they're able to do it because they have a nursing degree. Well, I know how to use a syringe. Well, where you place that syringe is very critical, right?
1: Oh, it's extremely critical. And, you know, there's a true algorithm when, when learning. You can only learn so much at one time before the brain is saturated. And then, you know, and then you've got to kind of just pay your dues with it, you know. Facial anatomy is very intricate. There's a lot of different layers that are very important. There's a a lot of high risk areas. You know, Botox is Botox. Yes, there is risk involved. You know, you have a risk of a bruise, you have a risk of infection, you have a risk of an undesired outcome like a dropped eye or or something like that. But luckily, it normally wears off. Even with eyelid ptosis, it, it resolves itself in three weeks due to histamine breaking down the neurotoxin from nerve capture and all that. But you know, and then God forbid you drop the eye muscle and then you're dealing with something for three to four months that's undesired, it's not going to be life-threatening or cause tissue damage. But when you put filler into something, you could seriously have some serious complications to the point of even stroke or death.
0: Right. But I will touch back on like, you know, I know dropping a brow isn't the same as filler and including a vessel. And like you could lose a nose or blind an eye or something like that. But at you know, the same time is if you drop an eyebrow now that and, and that injector doesn't know how to fix that because they don't understand facial anatomy, they don't understand dilution rates to the, to the best that they should be, then now they have a client that's you know is going to be a little embarrassed because they have to walk around with that or fortunately enough they could find someone like yourself that could correct that for them. but again, I think that comes from knowledge and I think that comes from experience.
1: It does. And I'll be honest. I mean, I've had a heavy brow before. I've had it myself and I've also caused it on a patient. But like you said, when you're a medical professional, it is unethical to do something that you cannot have a solution for. Sometimes time just has to wear things off. Sometimes things just happen. And they say in aesthetics and in all medicine, it's a not a matter of if it's a matter of when the more procedures you're doing the more risk you're exposed to and therefore the better equipped you need to be in your education and your knowledge base and your circle of peers that you can call on i mean you really i mean it's community over competition you have to have a group of peers and colleagues that you can call on you know if you're a nurse working in an environment where your md is not on staff or maybe your md does not specialize in plastics or dermatology then you need to have someone that you can call on it is like i said unethical and the biggest issue that i'm seeing that i don't like is so many nurses are flooding the market and and there's nothing wrong with chasing your dreams it's just don't dilute or discredit this science for what it is meaning i do not agree with botox parties in fact it's illegal um, in some states i don't agree with just injecting and poor lighting and just injecting to make money or injecting because the patient wants it. You have to respect, you know, that the patient might have body dysmorphic disorder that you need to deal with. The patient um, might have something that they need surgery for, and you need to have an honest conversation, know your limits, stay in your lane and just respect the science and learn Mm -hmm. how to do it correctly.
0: So would you think that would be like an interview question for um, a client to interview their injector is who is their medical director and what is that medical director's background?
1: Yeah. And yes, that would be a great first question. In addition to what is your background and what is your education? Right.
0: And then what another one would be is if something goes wrong, what is your plan of action for yes. the procedure you're about to do on me? Do you know, do, you, do they have that laid out? Do they have it in like a, a, consent. a, a consent? Do they have it in a systems and manuals procedure? Mm-hmm. Like, Like they should have that some type of knowledge somewhere besides just saying, yeah, it's in my head. Correct.
1: Absolutely. like in And in in for some of these things, they need to have the right equipment, just like, you know, this is kind of a dramatic example. But when you go to the ER and, and you code and your heart stops, they have a crash cart. We have a crash cart here for right. emergencies with everything laid out. And we have several different MDs on call. And, you know, we we make sure that the patient's safety is first. Not only is it the patient's safety, but it's the psychosocial health of the patient. Are we doing what's best for the patient? Not what's best for our pocketbook or what's best because we're a little too afraid to to coach that patient. You know, it's not all about just sticking the patient with Botox fillers and threads. It's about having a, you know, a good partnership with that patient and making a plan that's going to help them in the long run.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we even have a relationship with, a, with someone who has a hyperbaric chamber. Yes. In place, someone includes right.
1: Yes, and also um, since the cadaver course, actually, mm-hmm. I learned that there's these E O two patches that we don't even need a hyperbaric for. They ship overnight. It's um, battery pack, so wherever the occlusion is, you put a patch on, and it's delivering continuous oxygen because right. with the hyperbaric, you're only in oxygen while you're in the hyperbaric.
0: Right. So now you didn't learn that like in an eight hour. Well, day course. Right. Well, it was
1: a course, two day eight hour course. But days. no, I mean I. I mean, you know me well enough yeah. and so does most of the people that know us here locally, but I, I'm learning every single day. Okay. Let
0: me, I'll rephrase that. You just didn't take an eight hour training course one time to learn everything, you know, like, oh, like, gosh, no. like that cadaver course costs what? Five grand. Five grand. Okay. On top of all the other education mm-hmm. that you've had on top of it. So again, me personally, you know, if I'm going to get injected by someone, you know, you know, experience. Is going to be a big thing for me. Knowledge is going to be a big thing for me. Um, protocols for it, mishaps is going to be a big thing for me. Um,
1: I would I and I don't mean to cut you off. Um, before and afters and make right. sure that it's actually their clients because I see on social media people steal other people's images all That's of the time. Point.
0: That's a good point. So like when you think of like the top top injector directors. Tri- That you know, that you follow. What what are some of the things you think that separate them from maybe maybe even yourself or like other injectors?
1: So I think that the one thing that all top injectors have is a respect for the science and a respect for the community that they're in. Um, I think that when I look at all of them, not only have they been doing it a long time, and they're completely submerged, they're honest with you know even when they have a complication, they're honest about it and they share they share with the community. We all help to try to build, build each other up. You know, I still, I'm still paying my dues and I will never stop paying my dues and I will never stop learning. And I think that's the biggest thing. The people that really are the best are never too egocentric or full of themselves to to stop learning. Right. They're continuously learning.
0: And then another thing that I see a lot, I know that we deal with and I see it a lot on social media and I see you get worked up about is, you know, How come someone is charging $7 for a unit of Botox when everybody else around is charging around $13 to $14? Like, one, how is that possible? If it is possible, because I know the answer to this, but I I don't think the majority of the people know. Like, how how is it possible? And And if they are doing it that way, what's the opinion on how they're doing it?
1: Okay, so it could be twofold. And one, the first quickest answer before I go on a tangent about it is, Sometimes the the product isn't always what you're told it is and sometimes even if it is it's hyper diluted meaning they're adding more of the dilutant to make more of the product so when you you're essentially you're diluting it down to make it last longer and you're being disingenuous
0: so how can a, how can a patient make sure that's not happening in that while they're in that office?
1: Well one the patient would have to be aware of, what the dilutions are but in order to do so and i could educate people on that i could put that in there but i would ask to see it mixed up in front of me make sure that you see the vial that it's coming out of um ask you know when was this diluted how much do you dilute it with if they get upset with you then honestly it's it's on them because they they are there to provide a service and you are being given a medication and it's a it's a multi-dose medication so it's not You know improper for someone to make sure that they're using something because essentially you're sticking it into tissue that if it isn't what they say it is it could also have caused harm right um the other thing is is and this is something that drastically needs to change and i hope it is because i would say the top of the top of the people that i respect are working behind the scenes to to change most of what we're talking about and that's what the um the vendors are doing you know the people that we buy the products from the more you buy, the more you save, it makes it very hard for smaller practices. But, you know, there are group buying um, ways now where you can group buy with someone else that brings the cost down. But sometimes just because the person can buy in a large quantity, it doesn't mean that you're getting quality. And it doesn't mean that the person that's doing it is experienced.
0: Right. You know, that also works in the supplement world, too. You know, um, we're very good friends with with the guys at Supplement Superstore and everything like that. But you know, if they go out and buy a, a supplement, a protein powder, you know, they're buying pallets of this stuff to where it's like, if we were to buy the same type of protein powder, we're buying cases. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their their buying power is way stronger than ours. So therefore what they pay per unit is way down the weight, w- what it is that we can get it for. As a matter of fact, what, what their, um, selling it for is probably what we're paying for it because they can buy it at such a discounted rate. So again, what you were saying in these, um, with these reps and these companies, they make it hard for smaller companies to compete with the bigger companies or the surgeons who are making millions on breast dogs and doing all this other stuff. And so there's another reason why their price point might be a little bit higher, Mm -hmm. but then you got to ask yourself, are you willing to pay a little bit more for a better outcome or are you just paying because of a, of a name with a credential, and because of the discount.
1: Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, any reputable injector is not going to discount themselves down that much because this happened to me when I showed dogs, and I know you've talked about it, When and it happens to you in yeah. the personal training. When you're undercutting other professionals in the market, you're not professional, bottom line. Now, we all run specials, we all, you know, whatever, but like there's a peer of mine here that we both have access to something that, only both of us have access to, and it's called Renuva. And we had a conversation about, okay, this is where we want to be. This is where we're in line. So therefore we're not, and I mean, we're 10 miles apart from each other, but we're not going to undercut each other because when you're confident in what you do and when you want to deliver a good service, you know that there's enough for everybody to go around. And it's just that I think is the number one red flag. If you're If you're a Botox bargain barn or something like that, or any, I'm not just saying Botox, but if you are, you know, discounting significantly.
0: And I think there's one thing that that's really important that people really need to get in their head. Let's say you have two people that are selling, selling the product both for $12 a unit, but the other ones say $2 more, just maybe $50 more injector fee more expensive than the other person. What you're paying for is their knowledge. Mm -hmm and the time that they spent educating themselves. And that, that is worth money. You know, would you, again, would, you know, 12 for 12 on the product, but if you're gonna pay a little bit more, one person has two months of training and two months of injecting, or someone has 10 years of injecting, like which one would you prefer stick in your face?
1: That's a great point. And the other thing is, is think about overhead, right? right. Don't think about, okay, I, I have That's this little thing. Great point. So if you're, if, The extra money comes at your benefit. Are they paying for a multi-million-dollar malpractice liability insurance? So if something, God forbid, does happen, they can actually cover you. Um, Are they paying to have you know several physicians on staff? We have a medical director who is focused on family practice, but we still have a colleague that's in plastics because that's what we do and that's what's the right thing to do. Right. But then also like the crash cart, um, the ultrasound device that we have to make sure that every injection that we do that's high risk is 100% safe or we're getting into the right plane of the tissue because there are different planes. And depending on how thick your tissue is, the plane could be thinner or bigger or thicker or whatever. Um, you know, it's it's very much important to think about what am I actually paying for? You know people tend to get tunnel vision and they're thinking about saving money. And in the end, when you try to shortcut that it's, you're going to end up costing yourself.
0: You know, you, that's a great point. You know, that's an expense. I think that people don't realize, are you, you know, you walk into a million dollar spa versus a basement Botox person, mm-hmm. there's costs associated to that. And I know that's going to be the pitch point for the Botox person at the basement is, well, my, my overhead is lower. Well, yeah, but do you, like you said, do you have an ultrasound? Do you have a crash cart? Do you have these, these doctors? Are you just only relying on the one medical director that's overseeing 70 different people that's in that group of people that are basement injectors, you know?
1: right? Do you have the insurance policy? And then do you also have the time and will you touch me up or, or fix it if something, if you have an undesired side effect?
0: Right. So next time you want to walk into like that million dollar or half a million or even $250,000 med spa, think about that when you're comparing injectors and the other injector is a basement injector.
1: And on the flip side, I want to also bring up that, you know, it wasn't too long ago that we didn't have, you know, the ability to have some of these tools, but we had other ways of doing it like a Doppler or just knowing, understanding tissue perfusion and all of that, meaning like you can see if the, if the tissue has blood supply, but also you know now we're gratefully have a marketing team that's starting to work but at the same time just because someone's social media isn't as fancy as someone else's doesn't mean that they're not a good injector it actually might mean that they're a very good injector because they're busy and they're too busy to spend their time focusing on all these fancy reels and TikToks and all that and i am not shaming anybody for that because we're all at different levels but i'm just saying you know on the flip side be careful, you know, just do your research, make sure that you're not judging someone because their social media doesn't look like someone else's. Do your research and, and make sure that you pick the right person that's for you. And there are a lot of injectors out there that are great and you will find your fit.
0: You know, I agree. I, you know, I think there are some really, really good injectors and doctors and stuff like that, that, that have a great social media presence, but you know, what Rich initially rang out to me when you're saying that is like, well, okay, am I paying for entertainment or am I am I paying for knowledge? Mm-hmm. And you can be paying for both. Like I said, yeah. open it up. Like that injector can be very knowledgeable and have a great, great social media presence with great videos Absolutely. that are entertaining. I get that. But, you know, take a step back with that. Remember, social media can be whatever that person wants mm-hmm. it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can go rent the Lambo for the day and act like I own a Lamborghini and I don't. Right. You know, it, perception is... Is whatever you want it to be on social media. So don't get caught in the and the bells and the whistles. Or like we said, you know what else, what else, everything isn't gold, right? You know? And
1: and that's the other thing. You know, a lot of times as a consumer, when you're wanting to look like something or attain something, make sure that you're looking at their hard cases of before and afters too, because it's really easy to make a pretty person prettier. And everybody is beautiful, but it's again, it takes that eye. It takes that eye to be able to really make the anatomical changes to get you to the desired you know ideal structure for that person you know
0: who we need in this industry is Goob.
1: <laughs> so for yeah. that,
0: there's Goob who goes after social media influencers and points out all the how they how they manipulate their photos they snatch your waist in and grow their butt so i think we need a Goob oh for God. for uh for social media, when it comes to aesthetics for people that are throwing all the filters and doing all that stuff.
1: They are, they're throwing filters on there. you know, especially with like the, you know, we've talked a lot about injecting. Let's switch over to aesthetics for a second. You know, it's, you don't know always if that laser really worked as well, or if those, if those pores are really that small or like, I mean, look at what all these celebrities are doing to their skin. Be very careful because a lot of procedures out there aren't really that good. You got to remember The aesthetics industry is a multi-billion, probably trillion dollar industry. Those lasers are heavy hitters. You're going to, anybody that has enough money behind it, like certain high-end na- high lasers are going to push that marketing. You know, so these celebrities, celebrities that are yeah. behind, behind it, it doesn't mean that that device is superior to other devices. It just means that that certain device has more money behind it. So there are a lot of really good devices out there. There are a lot of really good people out there, but you have to make sure that you ask the right questions. And again, so that's, what is your credentialing? know see before and afters what do you have if something goes wrong make sure that you get informed consent which means that the provider actually reads through it with you and signs it with you if you read it without them then it's not informed consent make sure that you have an adequate knowledge of pre and post care and also make sure if you are drinking before you sign consent that that consent is now null and void so you've got to make sure and if the provider does it lets you do that just careful because it just speaks volumes. I mean, things need to be buttoned up. This is a medical procedure that's happening to you. Um, I don't believe that things that open the skin should be done outside of a very clean office. I mean, obviously you can't make it a sterile environment, but it would be clean technique, meaning like people that inject in basements or doing microneedling in basements. There's a very high risk of infection. You don't know what's been going on there. Um, So you just have to be careful.
0: Yeah. I mean, like we just added surgically clean air four of them in our building that uses um, Vegas style technology to, to mm-hmm. surgically clean the air, energize positively energizes the air and cleanses it and everything. But a point you were bringing up earlier that reminded me is like, and I, you know, from being a business owner with you in this business is these lasers and, and stuff that come out to me, they're like computers and cell phones, right? You know, you buy one in three to four months, the newest mm-hmm. greatest version of that one's already out. And, one that really reminds me of that is, you know, cool sculpting and how hot of a topic that was for a while and it was pushed. And now you go back. It's not, it's, it's not a recommended procedure at all.
1: No. And I mean, they're still selling it, but that's the thing. I think what happens is, is as humans and I'm just as guilty. I know you are. We want that result yesterday, right? We want it now. We want it yesterday. We, you know, have a tendency to like, I say like kind of quickly, I, I'm, I'm losing the word that I'm trying to say, but like, Just impulsively buy, impulsively book, impulsively buy. Like one day our skin's looking dry and okay, I think that this procedure is going to get it to the way it wants to be. That's not going to happen. All of your aesthetic treatments should also be looked at in a 12 to 16 or longer week program because the skin is very intricate and you have to slowly go through time to reverse what's happened. So the younger you start, the better it is. Um, and some things are going to take consistency. You know, if you have problematic skin, it's going to get worse before it gets better and everything should be in an algorithm. So if your provider is taking the time to make a plan with you and explain it, they're a good provider and right. they're not just trying to get more money out of you. They're trying to deliver the best results possible, but they should also be knowledgeable enough to be like, okay, you know, we'll work with the budget and we'll figure it out. You know, that type of thing.
0: Yeah, I know. I think that's one of the things, you know, I know that you learn, but also one of the things you you look at is like you just don't look at what can I do for you right now, like you put together a strategic plan over a three month to six month the nine month, even up to a year treatment protocol, which includes anything from skincare to injectables, to facials, to laser treatments. Like it, it's a, it's a combination of everything. It's just not, let me just fix this little problem you have right now without thinking about the next step further.
1: Absolutely. And also, you know, just like our whole podcast and our business model, it all starts from the inside. Your skin is an organ. You know, there are scientifically proven ways to how we age. Women age differently than men. You know, we lose bone. Fat pads either descend or deflate. Musculature starts to change because the bone underneath it's changing. You know, the skin changes, we lose collagen. I mean, it's not just all of a sudden, okay, I need Botox. If you just get Botox and nothing else, it's like going to the dentist and not brushing your teeth. I mean, it's, you really need to do a little bit more than that. Even at the very least, pharmaceutical grade skincare. Like right. at the very least, that should be the first step.
0: You know, that's one nice thing I love about our business model is the fact that we combine the two mm-hmm. together. Because honestly, nutrition, the nutrition yes. part of our company is the base bind every single service behind this company. Absolutely. You, know, you can buy all the skincare in the world but if you if your uh, nutrition's junk, you're wasting your money. You can get all the laser peels, skin pills, whatever you want trying to correct skin melasma and stuff like that, but if your diet's junk and you treat your body like crap, you're wasting your money.
1: Yeah, if your yeah. hormones are off, your melasma's not ever going to get better. You can use all the topical skincare. It really like the inside has to match the outside and like i like to call supplements sometimes oral skincare right you know it's it's what you're feeding your body you're giving it the nutrients it needs from the inside and from the outside and overall you're going to yield better results and that's medicine to me right you know you're you're treating the patient as a whole you're looking at the entire patient and doing what's best for the patient not just short term
0: okay so what else is there anything else that we've missed that you'd really like to touch on real quick
1: No, I don't think so. So, you know, make sure that you ask about their training, make sure that they have the tools to handle everything. If there's a um, complication or a side effect, make sure that they review all potential risks and paperwork, make sure that you're not just, you know, judging a book by its social media or lack thereof. And, you know, I think that's it.
0: Okay. Don't be be a window shopping. Don't be a window shopper. Don't be an impulse buyer. Educate yourself question the hell out of your providers
1: absolutely in
0: training and nutrition and aesthetics make sure that you are 100 confident and feel good about whatever you're getting ready to do more importantly spend that money that you work so hard to earn that you're gonna that it's being utilized the way you want so the desired outcome is there
1: absolutely and on and for all the providers out there remember that this is a really fun game you know we're training a new one now that's doing amazing i mean i love our nurses and it, there's a slow process and a slow journey to learning and, and paving the way. So don't don't quit on that. And if if you're looking for a job in the aesthetics industry and you find someone that wants to hire you and they take their time with you, then they're they're a good educator too. And never, ever, ever stop learning. It goes both ways. I actually like it. You know, a lot of patients will say, I'm sorry if they're asking me questions or they feel like they're grilling me. And I always tell them, no, I want you to ask. I actually get more concerned when someone has no questions to ask. This is your face, this is your body. And, you know, you should be educated of, you know, at least some of the risk. You don't have to have the education of the provider, but at least know what you're getting yourself into.
0: Treat your body with respect that it deserves. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Well, This concludes another episode of Younger by the Minute. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We hope that you have some walkaways with both of these episodes. Be smart when you shop. It's the holiday season. It's a great time to be spending money on yourself, along with family and friends. But again, I'm Jamie Spicer.
1: I'm Jennifer Spicer.
0: And this is Younger by the Minute.